guys, welcome back uh, to the encounter. And like always, um, today we have a few people. Today we have uh, Genesis. Uh, we call her Jenny. Today we have Raquel, and we have uh, Genesis. We have two Genesis today. Uh, you guys know, uh, yeah, Genesis means beginning. So I don't know where we're gonna beginning, but we're gonna begin somewhere. <laughs> but anyways, we're gonna continue with our with our series, which is called the Revelation of the Cross. And uh, today we're gonna talk about um, you know God's power and God's um, just his beautiful power that he has but i was going to tell you guys that we're just speaking about you know how jesus's life is uh is you know just like our life you know god in the in the first episode that's called grounded we were talking about how our parents sometimes can like limit us just like jesus was uh, being limited when he was younger and now today we're going to talk about how jesus was speaking to us through um his his power and through his um is through miracles and uh i want to start with this verse just so we can understand how god speaks it's in Mar matthew 13 10 and it says, um, then, then the disciples came to him and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, to you, it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, it has not been given. For the one who has more will be given, and he will be having abundance. For from the one who has not, even he, what he has, will be taken away. And he's just speaking about why he speaks in parables. So the, my, my, way, my way of thinking about this is that if God was hidden, hiding not hidden but if god was hiding beautiful teachings through parables i'm thinking that even with his actions there are beautiful things that are hidden and there's teachings that are hidden um through what he has done so we can learn now and we can apply that spiritually so let's dive in and complete uh you know let's dive in and i think we should talk about the first um uh miracle that we see who's gonna go go ahead jenny um First of all, I just want to, I, I didn't really think about it like that. Like, it's beautiful how miracles, like, he didn't just do actions, but there was something behind that action. Right. As you said, there's a teaching. And as we, um, one of my favorite, like, miracles that Jesus does is with the, the Gentile woman, which is in Matthew 15, 21. Beautiful. And it says, um, I'll start with 22. It says, a woman from that area came out and began shouting, Lord, son of David, please help me. My daughter has a demon inside her and she is suffering very much. But Jesus did not answer her. So the followers came to him and said, tell her to go away. Keep, she keeps crying out and will not leave us alone. Jesus answered, God sent me only to the lost people of Israel. So Jesus basically telling this woman, like, I'm here for, I'm here for the Jews. I'm here for Israel not for you and he which is like like wow if Jesus told me that I would have broke so down crying, crying. Right. <laughs> and, he, and then later on he says it is not right to take the children's bread and give it to give it to the dogs and the woman the woman said yes um, I'm reading this version but if someone has a better version um, it says but the woman said yes Lord but even the dogs eat the pieces of food that fall from their master's table and from that from that verse it's just like I remember when I first read the story I had to like read it like very slowly because I was like what does she mean by that but it's actually like so um, like humbling of her like she was so desperate for that for that miracle for her daughter that she was like Jesus told her like this food is what I preach is, is not for you it's for the children of God and and she's so desperate that she says fine that's true but but I'll eat whatever I can like that she was that desperate 
Honestly, and what I what I see here, for example, just from the beginning of this of this, um, there's this version in the ESV that is said that this Canaanite woman. So if let's just let's just start there. Where was Canaan? Wasn't Canaan the the same the place, the promised land, that 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 the Israelites were were giving, and and I just want to I want to I want you guys to see who this woman was, which is Canaanite woman, and this and then what she says. She says, "Have mercy on me, son." Of David, so the, these two things it's so important because, for example, the Canaanite woman she was she was no longer a Jewish person; she was a Gentile, right? And we can actually apply that today, right? We are Gentiles, right? And even David, what he received from the Lord was out of his time. For example, he received the revelation of a new place, a new temple and god got that idea and said but i'm not going to do it outside but instead i'm going to put it in everybody's heart listen to this type of revelation so the canaanite being outside of jerusalem and david being outside of his time he calls both things to said even if you're not here for me make it out of your table out of your time to now become my time and then what god says to us is, oh woman great is your faith so listen I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I'm, you guys are understanding yeah, me so far. You, you're falling through. Okay. So now, when when he she under she she said, even though I'm from I'm not from Jerusalem, even though David wasn't from the time of a temple, you gave him something. I'm a kind of that you got to give me something that is not in my time. I'm desperate, just like you said. And then he said, she said, and then what? What I love what Jesus says is, "Oh woman, great is your faith." She never said anything about believing in him, but what she knew is that what he had on the table for the Jewish people was true, was real. So when he says, "Give me, throw me a bone, give me a crumb." So she automatically believed that what he brought was nothing but deliverance. And since he, since the Jewish people didn't want it, the Pharisees didn't want it. Then he says, so, "So be it. Your daughter was healed instantly." And I wonder, I wonder, like um, now that you're saying that, like I wonder if at that time those people heard her say that that she would eat the crumbs. I wonder if they thought, like, like wow, what we really have is something that everyone else wants like they they knew how ungrateful they were being definitely yeah definitely but the children the children don't want it somebody else wants it yes you have to say Erica. um yes so i also noticed how she calls him son of david and there were like few instances in which jesus was actually called this and the reason why it's so um Words. Uh, the reason why it's so interesting is because not only do you, do you see like her great faith, but you also see the great understanding she had on who Jesus was. Mm. Like she wasn't just a person who like heard that oh there's this like man doing miracles. Let me go to him because I need him. No, she knew exactly who Jesus was. She knew that he wasn't um, what others were also saying at the time that he was. That he was like for example when he was taking the demons out of people they were calling him the prince of demons that he was not that <laughs> that he was not like some person who was like doing anything out of the plan of the lord but he was sent by god to be able to um complete the prophecies complete the law and all those things and so for her to call him son of david was so special as well because Jesus also saw, oh, she understands who I am. She knows what I'm here for, and beautiful. I'm going to give this to her. Beautiful, beautiful, yes. I think here's where we see right here, like, she understands who Jesus' identity is, because identity is plays a big, like, factor, because when you call your mom, you don't call her, like, oh, like, let's just say Mana Ruth, just because we were messing Jenny right now. I'm going <laughs> to call your mom, oh, 
paisana. Like I'm a caller by Irma, sorry, I'm a caller by Hermana Ruth because that's her identity. And this lady here understands that Jesus' identity is that she has her faith and she believes that oh if is there if there's anyone who could kill me, I know it's Jesus because I know who he is and I know his identity. Yeah, and I was gonna tell you guys that just honestly we can talk about all day about this, right? But I was gonna tell you guys that that Jesus Jesus is uh you can see that he was surprised, right, by the old woman, right? Um, nobody says, oh, woman, how you doing, right? <laughs> but he, he must have heard and said, oh, woman, like, yeah, oh, up. Oh, have you guys seen that, that TikTok? And he goes, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio goes, up, oh, up, oh. <laughs> like that, right? Literally, that's what he was like, up, oh, up, oh, up, oh, up. Oh. That's the faith that we need. That's the faith that I haven't found. And I'm going to give you guys another example, which is another miracle. The centurion, it says that Jesus was uh I'm gonna give you guys the daddy version. Shocked, he was. He was like, "Who is this man to give this much faith? Who is this man to have this much faith?" And this is this old woman is a sense of shock. Like, oh woman, oh your faith is this great? Both times, both people have great faith. And look, this is what I'm trying to tell you guys. He did not need to go to every person and go pray for him. Be done as you desire. Look at it. Look at how much this. Look what she did spiritually. What she did spiritually was what the woman and what the flow of blood did within her in her life, uh, not in her life in in real world. The woman of of uh, flow of blood reached into his garments, without him touching her, without him saying anything. He did, he uh, she took uh, health from him, and she did it spiritually. She mm -hmm. didn't she, with her faith. She reached over and took something from him. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Both did the same thing. Actually, with the centurion, they both took health. They both took virtue from him. One did it in real life. That's what I'm saying. There's so many teachings that we can take here, right? The one did it in real life, and these two did it spiritually. Because of their faith, they they took this virtue from God. And what did he do? Look what he did. Look what he, look what he gave her. Be done for you as you desire. So whatever you wanted to happen to your daughter, let it be done. And the, her daughter was healed instantly. What if she would have said, uh, what if she would have desired to be better tomorrow? They would have said, and her daughter was healed tomorrow. But she wanted for her daughter to be healed instantly. Mm -hmm. Not tomorrow. Not when I get home. But instantly. And that was done. Yeah. Like she was very sure of what she wanted. She knew what, her, God's identity was there. Yeah. Just people wouldn't want to see him. And today too. God's identity is here. We know that Jesus is God. He's a, tri a tripartite being. And we need to understand that once we get to know him, keep in mind, know him, then we know his power. And if we know his power, then we come like these people. Oh, it's not my turn. doesn't matter. But let me let me take some virtue. Let me rip some virtue, spiritual virtue off you because I need it. I'm desperate. Yeah. And each of them, like the examples that you mentioned, the centurion and the the woman with the flow of blood, they all, all three of them noticed, uh, recognized his authority, which is... Which is why. Uh, look, we, we can continue diving deeper, deeper, yeah. and deeper, but <laughs> but it's so beautiful how the way God speaks to us through his miracle, yes. Um. Yeah, also I was in both these situations as well. I was seeing how for this one with the Canaanite woman, she came advocating for her daughter and the centurion came to advocate for his servant. Yeah. So here we see that also... The, the power of Jesus is not limited to um, to just go directly like to the person like I don't know if that makes sense like directly to the person who needs it but like also the power can go through another person and stays with you and you can 
have that power be transferred to the other person. Like, I don't know if that makes sense. But like, uh, let, me, let me help you because I, I, was, I was thinking about the same thing. <laughs> These two people, the centurion and the woman, were advocating for somebody that was sick at home. Did God need to be near? Did God need to say, you pick up your thing and go? No. He just said, let it be done as you wish. Like saying, you who has faith, here, here's a little bit of my power. Let it be healed. And automatically, once we receive the power, of course, the person that we're thinking about becomes becomes healed. Doesn't say there's so much going on here. All we gotta do is just remove it little by little. But just in this, in this, in this, uh, in this miracle, it teaches us that our faith can rip off virtue that is not even for us. And just imagine if they were doing this, what can we be doing? We can probably receive things that they're not even for us yet, and we can probably receive it with our faith. But that's just that's for another another teaching. Uh, let's go uh, to another. Who has another uh, miracle? Go go ahead. You. Um, there is one in oh my goodness, uh, Mark eight twenty three, and it says Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led led him out of the village. Then spitting onto the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and asked. Can you see anything now? And so, for context, this whole year, and for the rest as well, um, it has been declared for us the year of the Holy Spirit. And the apostle said he was talking about how there's different words um, that mean the word, like, seeing. Mm -hmm. And in this situation, it's the word anablepo. And it's with this anointing with which Jesus healed that, the man who was healed was able to go to another dimension and was able to see the manifestation of the Holy Spirit because that's something that also the Apostle has been talking about, that we can see the Holy Spirit, but it's just that we don't know him as we should, that we are limited to that. But this man was able to because he let himself be healed and he asked for it, and Jesus did so for him. He was able to see the manifestation. And that's beautiful. I think you went super deep on it, which which I love. But I was gonna, I was gonna tell you guys that just just out of out of the story, you guys can see like a few things that happened um, uh, to to this blind man, right? So, uh, what did Jesus do to this man? He took him by the hand and led him out of the village. Like that's important. Number one. Then where where did he heal him? Inside the village or outside the village? Outside the village. So he and then what did you say last? He sent him home. And say, do not even enter the village. What does this mean? Spiritually, it means that if you are blind, if you are blind, just like you said, your vision, right? In your vision. Uh, spiritually talking, blind means that you don't have any vision. And if you don't have any vision, you don't find your vision. If you want God to heal you, that's perfect. God will take you out from where you are. From the village where you are spiritually, from wherever you are that is making you blind. And heal you outside. And then... He tells you, but do me one favor. Don't go back to where you came from. Let me heal you, but don't go back to where you came from. Why? Because if he goes back to the village, what happens? Could he perform the, the village inside? That's why he took him out. There is no faith. But when God grabs us by ourselves and he speaks to us, do you have faith? Yes, I have faith. Okay, come. Let me take you out where you go. You know what? When I, you know what? I, I feel like the, the village sometimes is the village of, uh, if, if, here, let me, let me look for it right now. I think if I'm not wrong, uh, Bethsaida was, uh, was, it, it, it uh, translates to the city of, of no belief. Um, let me see. 
it means uh, one of them is uh, in Spanish is casa de pesca and it's supposed to be casa de fructificación which in I read it in the revista and the pastor who was talking about it said how that's very ironic because even though it's supposed to be a house such as a definition it was a it was a place where there was little faith and that's where Jesus took the man from. That's uh, as I was saying, like this, 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 this place is beautiful. It's what's well, it's everything. So um, what's it called? Um, it, it speaks to our spiritual self, right? He takes you out of unbelief and puts you in a neutral place and tells you, "Let me heal you. Let me show you my power." He look, look how he does it. He does it with with uh, spit <laughs> on the floor and yeah, he puts it on his eyes. Which which if you guys notice everything uh if the, the Bible says that everything that comes out of his mouth uh is, is he has a sword in his mouth. So what comes out of his mouth? Spit. So spit is the word. But that, I don't want to go too too deep because I, I think that's ridiculous. Uh because if not I would have to start teaching about that and I don't want to do that. Um so spit with his eyes and he lays it on him and says, Do you see anything? So quickly he looked up and said, I see people but they look like trees walking. So my question is here, did God make a mistake? No, right? He wanted to give him the faith that he needed. He said, "Look, look, look at the look at the way that I look. Look, sorry, I just, <laughs> sorry, I just, I just messed up." Right? He gives him a taste of what he can see, and he goes, "What do you see? Trees? Okay, let me fix. Let me do it again." So, from a house of unbelief, he brings him to a neutral place and shows, "Let me see what. Let me show you what I see spiritually." He sees and he's like, "I see trees," and then he fixes them. And and then it, I imagine, imagine you seeing people walking on streets. Would yeah. you believe in Jesus then? Yeah, of course, right? You you oh, came from a house okay. of unbelief. He heals them, not to mess them up to show them treats, but instead to show them, this is what I see you guys as. This is my spiritual vision, the one that you didn't see it. And then he goes, but I cannot leave you like that. Come back. I got to put you back. <laughs> That's so cool. And then he goes, now that you're free and now that you know what I'm doing, don't go back to where you came from. Don't even enter the village. And this is what I'm trying to tell you guys that God is leaving these little lessons that we see that when God shows you his power, it's not for you to go back where you came from. It's to see I was from there and I got to keep going forward. Just like Lotita, right? Why are you, why are you raising your hand like, like you're in school? No, sorry. <laughs> I was going to wait till you finish. Like, but just, just, just like, just like uh, the Lot's wife, right? When she looked back, she turned into, into salt. Just in here, he says, don't go back. Because when she goes spiritually, when we go back to where we came from, what happens? We get like memories. We get... It gets, it gets worse. It gets worse. No, so now he knows that if he goes back, he's not going to get only even more blind, but he was not going to be able to help, help him anymore. Go ahead. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, sorry. You're sorry. raising your hand for something. <laughs> so how you were saying, like, God's plan is perfect. You know, he had a reason to show the trees walking, right? And just as Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, but he said to me, my greatest sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And if we see all the people that Jesus healed, literally they were in their moment of their weakness. Like... They had like two options. They either believed or they just went out their way and just like died and just like not be saying anymore. <laughs> but you know, they had faith and we could see how faith plays an important factor in our lives because once you have faith, you believe in that power that Jesus had. And then with that power, you are perfected with his, with his miracles and his power and his like healing and everything. And he heals you. And not only do you leave healed, but now you're a new man. So now you could tell the, and you could spread the good news. Oh, hey, Jesus did this, this, this. So now if we put it in our perspective, let's just say like God healed me from like drugs. So I'm a like 
with this, I'm gonna have so much faith and like be like, hey, Danny, are you dealing with this? Look what Jesus did in my life. Mm. And not only is just used for us, but it's used for everyone now. I agree. Beautiful. Zach, our brother Zach has something to say. It's sort of a question, actually, because could the hopefully healing, I can answer. Healing, of the healing of the eyes, could it also be sort of a healing of a, of a brotherly love? Could it be like reconciliation? And I say this because it says in Genesis 33 that Jacob looked up and saw Esau. So he was coming down from the hill with his 400 men. And this is when Jacob wanted to reconcile with his brother. And it also says, if you keep reading, Esau looked at the, looked at the women and the children. And so, as you can see, both brothers were looking, were looking at each other's blessings. Jacob was looking at Esau with his 400 men that God blessed him with. And Esau was looking at his children and his, and his women of Jacob. So now I'm just thinking, could the healing of eyes, the healing of, you know, sight, be reconciliation within a brother or brother. Well, yeah, I, I think, well, I think the healing of, uh, of vision can mean thousands of things that we haven't even reached, right? But, but uh, in, this, in this sense, I think what God was trying to do is reconcile him with his faith. Uh, but now, with, because there is nobody else except him and Jesus. Um, you know what I'm saying? But I agree that in Genesis 32 and 33, uh, I, I, I agree that in that moment, there was reconciliation. Why? And then what does Esau speak to, to Jacob? Why are you sending me this? Why are you giving me this gift? Don't you see that I have enough? So I agree. I definitely agree. There could be some reconciliation there as well because when they both saw how how blessed they were, they knew that even though Jacob gave, uh, no, sorry, even though Isaac gave Jacob the blessing, they were both blessed. You know what I mean? It's not like es Esau wasn't wasn't uh, wasn't wasn't uh, wasn't blessed. They were both blessed. And then Jacob there gave him back his blessing because he didn't need it. He he didn't need it. Uh, he. I would teach about uh, Jacob just by himself, but you know what I'm saying? I think it is. But I think in, in this in this moment, what he was trying to teach is he's trying to teach people that are, uh, for example, atheists, people that come from an atheist household. He brings them out of that host household and says, look at me. Look what I see. Oh my God, do you see this? Yes. Let me fix you back. Would you believe now? Yes. And that's where we see people that go, oh, I've been to heaven. Oh, I've been in back. Yeah, that is their, uh, what's it called? That is what they experience. So they can start believing. Yes. Um, and I think just in general, like when we talk about our vision being restored, um, like when, when Jesus fixes our vision, it kind of like correlates to every single little thing. Like our vision is back to what... Jesus, am I making sense? Like he changes our vision to what he can see, and what he can see are different things. Like it could correlate to what Zach was saying. Yeah. You start forgiving people, you start loving people, you start seeing his his glory just or his uh, what he can see just as this man did see. How do you have you guys ever been blindfolded? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How do you guys how do you guys walk? Can you guys run while blindfolded? No. no. So imagine imagine being that spiritually. Imagine being blind spiritually. You guys can't move. For example, look look. I said this in the in the last podcast, but we can apply it today here. Jesus comes to this world and says, "I am the way, I am the life, and I am the truth." How can you walk in the way if you're blind? You can't. Yeah. You can't try try to run in in, in a in a try to run in a race blindfolded. You're gonna get out of the way. You're gonna end up hurting yourself. You're gonna be like just like like. Uh. But what happens because you lack vision if you like vision you like faith because what why can you run without 
For example, you sorry, I'm gonna let you speak right now, but you not having vision doesn't mean you can't run. You can still run. Mm -hmm. But what makes the difference between you running freely and not running? You're scared. You're you're scared. You don't know what you know, you're afraid of the unknown. But when you have vision, you know. So spiritually meaning that even though you can run, even though you don't know what's next, why? Because your eyes, your eyesight is known, is is fixed on Christ. You see what I'm saying? Go, go ahead, I'm so sorry. It's okay. Um, for so also for the for this example of the the man who saw the the trees, um, like what you were saying that Jesus showed him like, oh, this is this is what I see, and he was also, but I think telling him like, this is what you can also see if you like keep growing and keep following me. So I think that also through these miracles that Jesus did is also to see where these people were gonna go from there. Like, were they just gonna be like, okay, I'm healed, like, whatever, like, it's fine. Or were they gonna be like, also like Peter's, um, what's it called, suegra? Where after she was healed, she immediately got up and she started serving him and cooking Mm. for him and stuff like that. So Jesus also wants to see what are we gonna do after we're healed? What are we gonna do after a miracle has been done in our lives? Because yes, Jesus, can just easily just be like here is everything you need like you don't need to work for it but he wants to see our effort he wants to see how how desperately you want to keep following him and keep doing what's good in his eyes mm, beautiful that's that's honestly beautiful okay but let's go to the next one because if not we're only going to do two i have another oh no, no. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay so the one that i really liked um, was a Lazarus story. So as we know, Lazarus was Lazarus was ill and he had died, right? So in John eleven four it says, But when Jesus heard it he said, The illness does not lead to death. It is for glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. And so I was I was reading this uh, chapter and I was understanding that sometimes you go through something not just because God wants you to suffer and like just like be in pain but he wants his glory to be manifested in you so you could show the world what god has done right and so long story short if you go to john eleven thirty nine, 39 it starts talking um how jesus came to the tomb and then uh, martha the sister was there and she was um saying oh take the stone away ordering so that jesus could enter and resurrect and then jesus said to her did i not tell you that if you believed uh, you would see the glory of God. So then they took the they took the stone away, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, "Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always heard me, but I say this on account of the people standing around that they be, that they may believe that you sent me." So basically, here we're trying to see that Jesus was there not only to perform miracles, but to show that the one who's like in control, the one who deserves all the glory and honor, is Jesus Christ, our Father. And so then after that, we just see this miracle that Jesus comes. He he um, he says, Lazarus, come out. He resurrects. And it's a happily ever after story. Yeah. Look, um, honestly, it's so funny that you guys chose this because I've been actually studying. This is my preaching for tomorrow. Um. <laughs> so so I've actually I've actually uh, studied this a little bit this week. But look, when Jesus says um, when Jesus said in that exact uh, in exact uh, verse that you said then John eleven four, he says this illness. I want you guys to uh, just in your mind um, just circle illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God be glorified through it. 
So if this happens with a, this has so much thing, but in this illness, this illness is the G769, which is asthenia. And if you guys remember the word asthenia is um, the one that I was preaching to you guys in the, in the retreat, which means incapable. Asthenia is completely the opposite of the power of the Holy Spirit. So we have the power of the Holy Spirit and we have asthenia in the opposite. They're completely opposite. One is the power of God and one is, is, is called, um, is to be uh, sick is to be incapable, to be uh, sick in the spirit. So here, Jesus sees his illness, not as an illness to cause death, even though, did he die? Yes, he did die, right? But he's saying spiritually, he says, this illness is not a bodily illness. The bodily illness uh, goes to another another Greek word, which is uh, kakos, K-A-K-O-S, which is bodily illness, which happens through asthenia. Your spirit gets sick first, and then it shows up on your body. And I love this because he is not at all pressed that he's about to die. He is not at all rushed through where Lazarus is because the beautiful thing is that even though he was sick and he had died already, he says, doesn't matter. The resurrection that will happen to me, I will apply it to him today. And he, that's what I'm saying. That what I was talking about with the with the woman uh, that we were talking about with the with the crumbs of bread. He, this Lazarus, took something before his time. The resurrection was supposed to come after Jesus died. Because there's no such thing as resurrection yeah. yet. That yet, and then. He comes up and he says, now that he has died, I will show you the power of resurrection. And what is what is it says? I am the resurrection and the life. So meaning that if anybody can resurrect your spirit, if anybody, if you feel like you're dying in your spirit and you feel like you're sick, just like Lazarus is, better yet, if somebody has already rolled the, the stone on top, of your, uh, on top of your tomb and has called it out, it is your job. It is your job to remove the stone and call out your spirit that has been dead for so many for so many years or so long call out your spirit and says you are alive through the resurrection of jesus christ because no illness like this will lead to permanent death remember that death the reason why jesus says in 11 4 oh my god am i speaking too much no no <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I am. Uh, no, the reason good. why the reason why that Jesus says that this illness does not lead to death because death was permanent. Once somebody dies, there's no such thing as oh, I'm gonna come back tomorrow. Don't worry about it. I'll be back um, <laughs> until after Jesus did it. But when Jesus did it, this was a foreshadowing of what was happening, what was gonna happen to Jesus. So the thing that gets me mad about all this, and this is the where I'm gonna end up, so you guys can speak and, and give your ten cents, is how dare these people believe that Lazarus was going to come alive and Jesus was not going to come alive. They should, if Jesus, if Jesus died, if Jesus came to rise my brother and then he says, guys, I'm going to die, I would be like, bro, see you in two days. What time are you going to come back? <laughs> right? It, 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 it's, only, it's only logical. If, if I bring back alive one of your family members, why would they be so afraid of him dying? That's true. I never thought of that. It doesn't make sense. But since they were blind. Vision. Did I get it? They were blind. They couldn't see this. They were worried. And Jesus was like, what are you guys worried about? Jesus says this. His illness will not cause him death. I'm, gonna, I'm, on, my, I'm on my way. And then it says, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. And whoever believes in me, though he die, he shall live. 
And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And it says, yes. And then she's, he goes on and he does this and he, he raises. Look, it says, Jesus said, take away the stone, meaning that that's our job. We have to remove the stone from our grave. So if you feel if you feel like, oh, Danny, you know, I haven't been filled by the Holy Spirit. That means you're spiritually dead. Don't worry about it. We're going we're gonna to tell you how to fix that today. Uh, if you feel like you haven't gone to church in a long time and you don't know what to do and you just feel like you're far away from church, you're spiritually dead. Don't worry. If you haven't read the Bible, if you, if you just feel like you're disconnected from God, that means your spiritual death. And what Jesus says to you today is says, take away the stone, meaning take away all the excuses. Take away everything that is like, a, remember that, the, uh, holding you back. Exactly. And keep in mind, most of the times that keep us away from church is excuses. Oh, it's because, you know, I feel like I'm going to get Corona. Oh, I just feel like, you know, something's going on here. And uh, remove the excuses. Remove him. And Martha and the sister of the dead man said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for there has been dead for four days. Meaning, God, why am I going to remove the excuses? It's no longer um, it's no longer uh, able to be pulled back alive. And it says, Jesus said to her, Did I not just tell you that if you believe me, you will see the glory of God? Once again, they couldn't see it, but Jesus needed for them to show needed to do this to show us today. So they took the stone away, and Jesus, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you. That you have heard me, and I knew that you always hear me. But I said to this, and I kind of people standing around, and they may believe that you sent me. And when and when he said these things, he cried out. Look, he didn't do it. Hey, Lazarus, can you please come out? No, no, he cried out. And what does the Bible say? That he in part we speak, and in part we prophesy. So here he prophesied to us to uh, Lazarus. Now spiritually, we prophesy to our spirit that is dead, and it says, Lazarus, come out. And the man who died came out with his hands and feet bound and stripped, and the face wrapped in cloth. And Jesus said to him, Unbind them, let them go. We can also apply that spiritually. That when we come out from death, we come binded with sins with things we have decided to do and when we come out of death and cause jesus calls into resurrection he calls us to be unbinded and free just like paul was uh, when he went to jail when he when we come out of death into life he takes away all our bindings and he makes us free yes thank um, you for for yeah um he all i was i was reading this this story a while ago and i looked up i can't find it right now but there was like a word that i there was a version that said um Right here it says that his face was wrapped with a hand, hand, uh, like a handkerchief, like something was covering his face. And I read that those that that was like very common when people would die, they would they would wrap their face around with that handkerchief. So when I was reading this, it kind of just like it it showed me that that he had to take away what showed that he was dead was like that that covering was evident to everyone that he was dead. So everything that, so when we're spiritually like dry and, and we feel like everyone's looking at us because of a, maybe like a certain sin that we do and everyone just um, puts a, like a certain title on us because of a sin that we did, we should, we should have that courage to be like, like, no, this is not me. I'm taking this away from myself and I'm, mm -hmm. and I'm putting on um, that alive face that Jesus gives us. Um, yeah, and what's super interesting with, with you just what you just said that why couldn't they believe when Jesus died and resurrected as well is because also not only was Lazarus the only one who was restored to life, but also the 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 girl, the little girl with her dad, she, um, she was dead, and 
and Jesus was the one who brought her back to life. And then an interesting thing here, it's in Matthew, Matthew 9, um, 18. And what's interesting is that um, uh, he didn't perform the miracle until after the crowd who was mocking him had left. Meaning that if we want Jesus to make a miracle in our lives, we have to get out of the environment that's, that is lacking faith, that is lacking the belief that God has so much power. Because if not, Jesus is not going to be able to do anything. He's not going to be able to work as he should because there's just so much unbelief. And it's, but yeah, that's another point. But it's just crazy how she was also raised from the dead and they didn't believe in him. Right. Look, it's because Jesus, what he did with Lazarus, and now honestly, everything was just hitting me right now, slowly but surely, <laughs> that Lazarus was almost taking the, the part, for example, the Bible says in Isaiah that he took, uh, that, he, that Jesus, the Lamb of God, will take our um, illness and take him to the cross, right, and die. And then it's so crazy that he, he, he this Lazarus was sick. He didn't get taken to the cross but he died so La Lazarus look I don't want to I don't want to say this but this is Danny sauce right this is just what I'm thinking um, that Lazarus was uh, a foreshadowing of what Jesus was going to come and do he, Lazarus took all the illness the illness that wasn't going to come to death because he was going to come resurrection and Jesus took a part of foreshadowing of the father when he calls him out listen listen to what happens when he calls him out he says that he was covered in his face. And I was just reading that this covering was like a veil. And what did Jesus do when he resurrected? He, he tore the veil. So now we have complete uh, a moving access to the holiest of holiest. But that's not the point. The point is that Lazarus comes. He is covered by his face. God says, take that veil off. And now that happens to us, right? Happens to him. Now when we come alive, we take this veil off and we go, oh my God, this is what spiritually has been spoken to me about. Just like this, this little girl. And this little girl was also dead. But God says, why are you worried? She was sleeping. Right? Just that they did not understand that. Just like they did not understand the power of resurrection that Jesus has. I can keep going, but I have to stop because we're at 40 minutes. <laughs> we're at 40 minutes. So, so guys, honestly, I'm so sorry that I have to stop at Rubbly, but I think 40 minutes is, is more than enough. Um, guys, thank you guys for tuning in with us. God bless you guys. And I hope to see you guys uh, next week. Uh, remember, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. And follow us on our Instagram, our YouTube. Visit Venice Los Angeles. Um, I'll see you guys there. See you guys Wednesday. Take care. Bye-bye.